0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of stop being the best kept secret i am your host dr tana m session and i'm pleased to have you back here again this week to talk with shelly shelly is going to tell you more about who she is what she does who's her ideal client and we're going to dig a little bit into her business everyone so without further ado i would love to introduce you to shelly shelly take it away
1: well, yeah, it's great to be here today, and I'm looking forward to having this conversation. Uh, my name is Shelly Phillips, and I'm an author and a speaker and a coach, and I talk specifically about personal branding and how you can use it to be more visible in the workplace, how you can use it if you're looking to shift careers, and even if you're like an entrepreneur, how important it is for you to have a personal brand and not just have the brand of your business. Uh, so that that's kind of in a nutshell what I do. I've been doing this seriously for the last four, four and a half years. Uh, Before that, I've had a 20 plus year career in public relations and marketing. And that's kind of where I, I kind of transitioned from. Because what I realized because of a career change that I made in my in my late 40s, mid 40s, is that we are our own best product and what we offer and the value that we bring to the workplace is something that we have to be able to market and control. And there's really no difference in doing that than what you would be doing for launching a product in the in the marketplace. And so, being able to be really intentional about creating that brand for yourself and how you position yourself is what's really going to open up the opportunities for people.
0: Great, and yes, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, as being an entrepreneur and the name of the business is my name, and also I have to be an individual as well, right? Especially on social media, and have people kind of get to feel like they know me through social media. So, very conscious of the brand and and what it means in the marketplace, and and just continuing to evolve it and foster it as well. You know, consistency is key. So, considering where we are right now in this market, job market, and I like the fact that you talk about you transitioning careers in your late forties because. Um, I know that there are a lot of people over the last couple of years in particular in that age bracket I'm going to say you know uh, the younger Gen Xers older Gen Xers I'm a Gen Xer by the way um, that have thought about either transitioning careers or completely leaving corporate America and starting a business Um, what do you see happening like what are some of the top trends that you see right now I know we talked originally like a uh, few, maybe at the beginning of the year, the great reshuffle and, and you know, the, the, the whatever it was, the great whatever. Um, where are we right now?
1: Well, there's still some of that happening. I think it's settling just a little bit. But I think what it's done is really given people um, the incentive to stop and think about what they're doing. Is this really something that they enjoy? Is it something that they want to continue spending all of their time with? You know, the work-life balance is really big right now. Flexibility in work schedules and and work from home, work in the office, that kind of thing is super important now. And I don't think it was something people even considered um, to be something that they could ask for or they could expect until this shift kind of happened because of COVID and everything else. And so I think going forward, what we're going to see is people be very intentional about what they're looking for and what they're asking for. And I think it's caused, like I'm a Gen Xer or And I know talking with a lot of my friends and a lot of my clients, you know, they're kind of now at that stage where, okay, I've got the kids out, um, Or either they're finishing up college and and they're getting ready to kind of be on their own and it's causing them to really reevaluate, you know, I've paid the bills, I've got this and now I can do something for me. It doesn't have to be necessarily focused on, I got to pay the house payment, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to pay the tuition payment, whatever else. Now I can start focusing on, is this something I truly want to do and is it meaningful work to me? And yeah. that's where the whole personal branding thing can really come into effect, especially if you're looking at maybe to transition out of one, um, one profession into another career field. And what it does is it causes you to get really clear about the skills that you're bringing to the marketplace and what is the value of those skills that you're bringing.
0: Yeah. And I, to your point, I've been watching and reading a lot of articles and news um, episodes about Um, this Gen X generation, because I think it's the forgotten one, right? (laughs) I know they consider the traditionalist generation as a silent generation, but I feel like we're stuck in the middle, right? (laughs) So there's a lot of focus on boomerang, on the boomers, and then there's a lot of focus on millennials and Gen Z, but no one's really talking about Gen X's experience in the workplace, in particular over the last couple of years, and and how that's impacted us. So to your point, a lot of my friends as well um, no longer have kids at home, and you know, they may have been in the same industry or even with the same company for a significant amount of time. And yeah, they started to reflect and say, really, this is my time. How do I want to spend it? Like I have more years behind me in, in the workplace than ahead of me. And this is a great time for me to really pivot or um, just take things that I'm passionate about and start a side business perhaps and then ultimately leave the corporate world so that I can make this my full-time job and have that flexibility. Um, and, and I think, you know, when I think back to when I first entered the workforce and some of the things that were important to me, like Gen Xs are the ones that started talking about work-life balance. Like we, we started that movement and everyone else just kind of benefited from it. But now, again, to your point, over the last couple of years, year, two and a half years, uh, everyone's talking about it and the flexibility. We're like, this is what we've been asking for all the time when our kids were little and we wanted to be able to be home or go to you know soccer practice and stuff like that.
1: And the thing, you know, on on the same foot, I think also there's that movement now where, especially with women, that we've been kind of undervalued or maybe not as willing to speak up and say, hey, I deserve this compensation for what I'm doing. My skills are equal in value to whatever. And and I think that's the thing now, maybe with this Gen X generation, just like with the work life balance thing is, you know, we've kind of been known as that generation that just kind of, we just, we just go get it ourselves because yep. that's the way we were raised. We took care of it. We handled it. We, you know, we, we, we went with the punches and got up and rolled over and started all over again, yep. you know, whatever <laughs> it was, you know, that I, you know, I think that there's a lot of that momentum now that. We've kind of come into ourselves and got, okay, we're going to have to embrace that philosophy once again, that if we want it, we're going to have to go get it. We're going to have to take care of it ourselves because no one's just going to bring it to us and set it on the table. Mm -hmm. And so, especially when I, 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 you know, my transition came, I was, I was 44 when I changed jobs. And I had been with a company I had been with for over 21 years. And so, you know, you're vested in retirement. You've got all your benefits in place. You've you've worked with those people and you know them like your family now, like you've watched their kids grow up and everything else. And you know, their spouses, you know, you know the ones that have been through divorces, you know, the second spouses, you know, I mean, like, you know, everything that there is (laughs) to know about these people. And then you start thinking, well, is this really where I want to be? Is the work giving me that joy and that enthusiasm that I want to do? Is it challenging me? Anymore, and so it does cause a lot of those hard conversations, and then especially when you start thinking about the, the value that you're receiving from it, not just being, um, not just the work itself, but also the compensation that you get for it. And you know, it it really is that time now where people are really reflecting on that, and how do I get all of the things that I want in this thing that we call career now.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, talk to me about some of the, I guess, the things that you've seen people do right with their brand and the things that they should be looking to uh, stay away from.
1: (laughs) So, you know, let's just take LinkedIn, uh, because that is the kind of primary place where people go to build their brand for a career. You know, what I see most of all is are, are people just aren't using it effectively, like they may have it. And it's kind of one of those things, okay, I built it maybe five years ago, but I just don't keep (laughs) up with it. I don't maintain it. And there's a lot of areas that you can really make some big impact One of the simplest ones are the photos, you know, a good headshot. And then the banner image behind you, that banner image is a lot of ones that everybody forgets about. Mm -hmm. It's just, they just leave it the, the generic blue LinkedIn background, you know, but you can actually change that out and you can show something that reflects, here's what I enjoy doing, or here is something I'm passionate about, or you can add a quote, or you can add, you know, some kind of award that you've received, or you can do something up there that draws attention to that profile. And then the other place that I really say that people fail to utilize LinkedIn for their best of their ability is that summary area. Mm. People have a hard time talking about themselves. Yes. And this area is one of those where you, you really do have to talk about yourself. And I tell people, write it in first person. I this, I, you know, like, you know, and the thing about it is I really encourage my clients and when I'm working with them is to tell it like a story. Hmm. Because when you can get people to connect with you on a personal level and create some kind of emotion, that's when they're going to remember you and that's when you're going to stand out in there. I was working with a client not too long ago. He um, worked in finance and he's shifting towards real estate. He's getting ready to uh, his kids are out of the house. He's wanting to do something that's a little bit more flexible. But when we got to talking, he was telling me that he's loved real estate since he was a kid his dad had a piece of rental property and he used to go with him and do minor repairs around it. But that rental property is what gave them their vacation fund and everything Uh else for the family. And so he he's always kind of been interested in real estate from that point is like, what can it add to our lives? How can we use it as an, you know, like for another source of income? And then what is it that people want out of these second properties and things like that, whether it's their vacation homes or, you know, the different things like that. And so he's now transitioned into full-time into a real estate role, but his LinkedIn profile now talks about that. This has been a passion of his since he was a child. And you can really get the flavor of the fact that this isn't just some you know, midlife crisis job change, <laughs> but this right. is something that I really have, you know, if I really went back to it, it might've been one of the career paths I should have chosen to begin with. But now that I have the ability and I have less of the responsibilities and th- that I have to, I can really start investing in this and doing something that I want to do. And he's excelling at it now. Wow. And, you know, and that, and that's what I tell people is like, find that story in you you know, sometimes you have to go back to when you were a kid, you know, I've written a couple of books and I was telling somebody as I knew from a long time ago that I wanted to be a writer Mm -hmm. and I have a distinct memory of a friend and I, we were having a a sleepover and we were probably fourth, fifth grade, maybe Mm -hmm. at the time. And I was writing the story, and she was very artistic, and she was drawing the illustrations, and we created our own storybook that night. And it was all about a king and a prince, and you Aww. know all this kind of stuff—the things that you talk about fourth, right, you know, fourth <laughs> and fifth grade—and but I remember, you know, that that is what I've always loved and what I, you know, and so I keep finding ways to go back to that into my career, whether it was public relations, whether it was journalism, now doing the writing and the speaking and that kind of thing, but telling that story and getting it out there for people. And so that's the thing I would see is that, you know, use those spaces and figure out What's going to make somebody connect with you? You want to be memorable. You want to be able to add that authenticity and you want to give them something to grab a hold to and go, I want to know more about this and why you do this.
0: Yeah, I like that. And and you're right, because I had a coach many, many years ago that said um, that people want to work with people who they know, like, and trust. And that's one way for them to be able to to do, as you said, kind of get that intro and become more intrigued by who you are is to have that summary piece and, and even the banner. I like, you, I like the fact that you mentioned that because I come across profiles sometimes. I'm like, there's nothing up here, <laughs> Like just their picture, sometimes not even that, right? And some people I think fear that putting their picture up there will actually make people not want to work with them because maybe they're a person of color or maybe they wear a hijab, right? And those types of things. So they shy away from putting a picture there because they don't want that to be one more reason why someone has bias against them. So I get that, but I feel like we're in an age of technology where you can Google someone, their name and probably their picture is gonna come up at some point anyway. Uh, so I really feel like that's something that we, you know, from a corporate standpoint, we need to train people on how bias impacts their decision-making. Um, and then on a personal perspective to say, hey, you're the person they're going to hire and buy into anyway. So eventually they're gonna know who you are. Um, so yeah, thanks for, for sharing that. And let's talk it's, about your book. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say when you were talking about Googling somebody, I said, I, I was doing some research not too long ago. And the interesting fact was almost 90% of HR Managers and recruiters are going to look for you online, not after they've read your resume and decided if they want to interview, but before they even make the decision. Are you someone we want to bring in? Because they're wanting the validation between what's on paper and what they're seeing online. Are are you the same person? You know how you present yourself in one format. Is it the same as in the other? And it's almost as equally offsetting as if they can't find any information on you then it's almost they worry like oh what are they trying to hide right (laughs) and so it's much better to go ahead and just put it out there and I think and I think the the world is shifting you know that we're we're more accepting of people and there's you know there that People are working on, you know, doing away with some of the biases and things like that. And But you're right. I mean, the minute you come in for the interview, they're going to see you one way or the other. And so, you know, putting it out there, you know, is, is that one step. And it's a very positive as far as the interview process, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about your books. The one book I'm really interested in is "When in Doubt, Delete It," and <laughs> then "Get Noticed, Get Hired." So, tell us a little bit about the books, and you know, what are they? What What can people expect if they go to your website or go to Amazon and order them?
1: So, this is this has been this has been a fun journey. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I, you know, I was in journalism originally; that's what my degree was in, and then I've worked in PR, and so I was telling the corporate story for so many years. And I tell everybody when in doubt, delete it. The title of it came one night. Um, I I received an email from an old boss and immediately sat there and started typing back a response and then stopped myself (laughs) and said, nope, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you shouldn't send this. If you want to work there on Monday, you should just go ahead and delete it and then make your plan from here. And so but really, the book comes from the the title of it comes from um, back my days in journalism. You know, you would you would write your article and you would turn it into your editor and you would get it back and it would be all marked up. And a lot of them are symbols like there's a delete symbol like he wants you to delete this part. There's an insert signal symbol that I want you to add something here, move things around, you know, that kind of thing. So the book is actually broken into five parts and I call it your personal kind of success journey it's all the things that you should do to add some more success joy and clarity to your life and it's written so that you can read a chapter if you want to it's got some study questions at the end to reflect on and to maybe journal about and get you thinking about certain topics but there's five areas that um, the book deals with there's some things that we should delete there's things that we should insert in life there's things that we should begin There's things that we should either move towards or away from. And then one that people may not be familiar with and the editing marks is called Stet. And that's after your editor goes through it and then comes back and says, no, after I've read the whole piece, I think you were right. Let's leave it like it was. And they write Stet on it, which means go back to your original, like ignore my edits and leave it the way you originally had it. And that part of the book is all about being authentic to yourself. And so I, I call that kind of my personal success journey for people that the when in doubt delete it, it walks you through how to just actually have more joy and add celebration to life and in, enjoy what you're walking through, and then the get noticed get hired actually does very heavily in the personal branding aspect and it's geared towards um, maybe your entry-level professional or someone who is getting ready to make a switch in careers after, after a few years. And I got really involved in this because I used to work with a group of sorority women on campus in Alabama where I lived. And what we were seeing is that they would, you know, they would go through four years of school, they would get their degree, and then they would not get an offer in their field. And mm-hmm. so what they had to do was take What I call get by jobs, they either worked retail or they worked barista or they worked clerking somewhere, you know, like whatever it was to get by and pay the bills and start paying back their student loans and different things like that. And then six or seven months later, when they were getting, they actually did get an offer in their field, it was being lowballed. Wow. Oh, because oh. they were focusing on the work experience and the education had somehow gotten devalued over that six months. I don't know if, if it was a corporate thing that, oh, well, they couldn't really handle oh, it. Man. So they were been doing this. Did we take a chance on them or not? But the offers were coming in six to eight thousand dollars less than what the girls that were receiving offers right out of college were getting. And that just didn't make sense. And so we really started focusing and working on them with how do I brand myself? How do I show the value that I'm bringing to the table? And then how can I sell my current work situation as an add-on value to the organization? You know, it's like you've developed worth it. You're mm-hmm. showing up. You're being responsible. I'm already doing these kind of things. And that book really walks through the career journey of setting up your resume in a way that gets attention, your cover letters, how to interview effectively. And then once you're on the job, how do you effectively continue building that personal brand in the workplace, because we all know that a lot of our moves are internal. They're not necessarily going from one company to another. So how do you brand yourself as the person that's going to get noticed inside an organization that may have 250, 500, 1,000 employees? How do you stand out in the right way so that people will think of you when there's opportunities that come about?
0: Love that, Love that. And as you were talking about that book, I thought about even people who have taken time off to take care, you know, for caregiving responsibilities. And that's definitely happened over the last two and a half years, where over 2 million women have left the workforce as a result of the um, outcome of COVID. And I'm sure right. a lot of them are starting to think about re-entering, right? And what that means. It's not place. just child
1: care anymore, either. Yeah. It's dealing with elder care and different yeah. things like that as well. So, you know, we, we talk a lot about how do you position those, those breaks in your career field as well. And, you know, like, And then, you know, if you're wanting to transition the career, what other skills have you amassed, maybe not on the job, but through volunteer work or through some of your other activities? What other skills do you have that you might not have been using on a daily basis, but really do add to what you offer someone in this new career path that you're checking out?
0: Yeah. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Shelly, for being here with us today. I really appreciate all of the insight that you've provided about your personal brand and some of the things you've seen people do well and some tips on what they should do to improve their brand and also some of the challenges that you're seeing with where we are right now in the workforce. So how can people find you? Because I'm pretty certain your email box will be full after this episode airs.
1: <laughs> So, ChellyPhillips.com is the website. All the information is there, and then of course they can connect with me on the most any platform. LinkedIn, especially, I do a lot of blogging and sharing resources through LinkedIn, and then Facebook and Instagram too.
0: Perfect. And where can they find your books?
1: Uh, they're available on Amazon. Any place you buy books, you can you can find them there.
0: Perfect. Thank you again, Shelly, for being our guest today. I'm Dr. Taina M. Session. This is an episode of Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. I thank you all for listening in and be sure to come back for the next episode. Thanks, everyone.